I want to name this topic, this teaching, preparing you for battle. And it's about the armor of God. Um, I did a teaching uh, last year, September of last year, on social media called the armor of God teachings. It was very fun. Um, so God be the glory. It, it helped a lot of people. And I want to speak about this today. I know that there's a lot of pieces. <laughs> so I'm going to try to go as fast as I can to try to, because it's, there's a lot, there's a lot to speak about, but I want to start by reading Ephesians 6, 11 through 12. 11 through 13, 11 through 12. Put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavenly armed soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. So as I speak on this, I want you to picture a soldier in your head. And I think when we when we picture uh, certain things, I think we, we understand better. I know I do. Um, so picture and, and please try to really pay attention to um, everything that's going to be spoken about because I really want you to understand what God is trying to say um, here today. So in verse 12, when it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it means that our war is not against, it's not, it's against strong spiritual entities. So basically our fight with the enemy, right? Cannot The enemy cannot be fought with um, carnal weapons, but with spiritual ones. And I think most of the time we're not able to fight against the enemy's attacks because we're fighting the wrong source. Sometimes we don't, we want to look at the person and, and forget who our real enemy is. So this is all a spiritual thing, right? It's, it's not what's happening in, in front of us, but what's happening in the spiritual realm. So we cannot fight darkness with darkness. Is impossible. So stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the band, the wide band of truth. So the first piece we're going to speak about is the belt of truth. The belt of truth is moral courage to stand up for what is right and stand against what is wrong. No matter what, stand your ground. So when God speaks on, Paul tells us to put on the belt of, of truth. He is saying for us to stand up for what is right, no matter what. No matter what, no matter who is telling you to do the wrong things, we have to always keep in mind that when we say yes to God, when we open up our hearts to God, when we give ourselves, to, when we give our lives to God, we are supposed to always stand by that integrity, right? We always have to have integrity. We always have to do what's right. No matter what, no matter what happens, we always have to make sure that we stand our ground. One of the things I want to mention is that the enemy knows when we are missing a piece of armor. He knows when there is a piece of armor missing. It says to put on the complete armor of God 
That's what the word of God says. The complete armor of God. And one of the words that stood out to me in verse 11, and I'm going to read that again one more time. Um, put on the full armor of God so that you wait, so that you may be able to successfully, and I'm reading from the Amplified Bible, it says successfully, that's the main word right there, stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the, of the devil. In other words, if we put on only one piece of armor or two pieces of armor or even three pieces of armor, that is not the complete armor of God. Paul is telling us here, here, we have to wear the complete armor of God. When we step out, when we're, we're about to go somewhere, we put on clothes. So it, it's, it's, it's the same thing. If you step out, these are spiritual clothing. So when we step out without our spiritual clothing on, the enemy knows that. When we step out without the belt of truth, the enemy knows that. When we step out without the helmet of salvation, the enemy knows that. He can see that. So this this is what makes us an, an easy target to the things that I've learned. I like to read a lot of books. I forgot the, the name of the book. I think it's called The Armor of God. Um, I was reading this back in 2020 and I read it. There are four entities engaged in battle, right? That's not it. That wasn't even it. But it's the Bible talks about number one, the rulers. These are the things that we're against, that are against us, the rulers. Number two, powers. Number three, world, world forces of darkness. Number four, spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. All of these things operate under the enemy's control. And that's something that we have to keep in mind. What you see happening, what we see happening in the natural is really what's happening in the spiritual so i mentioned this before that one of the things that the enemy loves to do is to distract us with whatever it is that's going on in front of us that way we are fighting again against the wrong source we are not when we fight against the person once again we're not fighting against the enemy right the enemy is the one that is really behind that person so one of the things that we always have to remember is who is our real enemy? Who is our real enemy? Because most of the time we know that God says, put on the form of God, right? That we have to make sure that we have all of these, these pieces on, but we use the wrong weapons. And I'll give you one example, our mouth, our mouth. And I'm gonna, I'm one of them, my mouth. Sometimes God doesn't want me to say anything. He wants me to go into prayer and bring whatever situation is happening, whatever issue is happening into prayer. That is one of the ways I am fighting against the enemy, right? In the spiritual realm. This is one of the ways that I can put on the armor of God by bringing the situation to God in prayer. So when we speak on the belt and you think or you visualize the, um, the soldier, I Google this part of the soldier. The soldier's belt is used to hold the other weapons in place. Without it, the other pieces won't work. It also reduces the weight of any item wrapped around it, and it reduces pressure or load. And it also says the belt increases the visibility of the soldier. 
how do we how do we put on the belt of truth up by upholding the standards and truth set by God's word commit yourself to the word and one one important thing is do not lean on your understanding not lean on your feelings do not lean on your opinions and do not or the opinions of others and do not lean on political opinions that is one way that we can put on the belt of truth second piece is the breastplate of righteousness plate of righteousness means an upright heart your heart is a healed heart and in proverbs 4:23 it says to guard our heart right that's very important to guard our heart we've been talking about I think a few weeks now about our heart when you think about a soldier and you think about their breastplate just picture the soldier with the breastplate he wears the breastplate to protect this area right here to protect the torso to protect the heart area so there are four factors of the soul right we have the mind we have the will we have the emotions and we have the conscience these four factors are the factors the main things that the enemy attacks the main things that the enemy attacks are the four factors of the soul. So let's go first to number 1 which is the mind. The mind, he tells us lies against against the word of God and against yourself. So this is when when the enemy begins to attack our mind, he is attacking a factor of our soul. So he begins to lie to us right he begins to tell us things that are not written in the word of god things that are against the word of god things that are not true because the bible says that he is the father of lies there is no truth in him the only truth that there is is in the holy spirit which is the spirit of truth so number 2 when it comes to the will we he he he, he attacks the will by redirecting your ambitions ambitions I'm sorry your ambitions away from the will of God. So that's how he attacks the will. How does he attack the emotions? By messing with your feelings, right? Or anger, by putting anger, bitterness, um unforgiveness, all of these things, right, that are not that are against the word of God. And all of these things, if we have these things, um if we begin to feel these things, right? We're going to begin to do not to make the right decisions in a lot of things, right? There're going to be unwise choices. Number 4, the conscience. How does he uh, attack the conscience? Influences our conscience so it would cause us not to live in the way God intends. And I also learned in this book that I was reading that there are uh three, I believe, three different types of righteousness. and i think this was to me was mind blowing number 1 perfect righteousness the perfect righteousness is trying to be perfect for god why is that not that is not the righteousness that god is talking about is going to um um discourage you why because we're not perfect we will never be perfect never never god is the only god that god is the only person that's perfect we're not perfect So by trying to be perfect is only going to discourage us because it's never never going to get there. Never going to get there at all. 
Number two is the comparative righteousness. And that is when we compare ourselves to others. And this is something that we see a lot in the body of Christ, unfortunately. When we begin to compare our walk with the next person, when we begin to compare our falling and all of these things with the next person, that only deceives you because you're comparing yourself to the next person. The third one, it is the righteousness that we're supposed to have. It's imputed righteousness, knowing that we are forgiven and washed away from our sins. Our debt is paid by Jesus on the cross. Why is it right to have um, to, to have this righteousness? Because it defines you and declares you innocent. So it's not the perfect righteousness. It's not the comparative righteousness, but it is the imputed righteousness. Now we're going to go to the third piece, which is the preparation of the gospel of peace, which was the peace. And the preparation of the gospel of peace is to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Peace is knowing, I'm reading from my notes, peace is knowing that God is in control and in the God is in control in the midst of chaos. And yesterday we were speaking on peace, right? So here it is again. Peace is knowing that God is in control in the midst of chaos. It is trusting God even when you do not see what you are praying for. Standing firm in God's word and still walking in the spirit. And I think that that is one of the most difficult, or I'm not going to say difficult, but the big test is when we are in a trial and when we are in a trial and no matter, you know, when things are, sometimes we go through so many things at once, right? And everything is chaotic around you. But when you learn how to be still, when you learn how to trust God in that chaos, that's when you begin to have peace, feel peace and, and secure knowing that Christ is in control. And that is the biggest test because sometimes God will put us through certain situations that we have no control over. And that's when we have no other choice but to allow God to take over. And, and, and most importantly, to stay walking in the spirit. Because sometimes, let's keep it real, we go through things and sometimes our flesh kicks in. My flesh does. I'm keeping it real. And, and there's times when you, well, not there's times, every day we're supposed to kill the flesh. We're supposed to kill the flesh. Every single day is an ongoing process in this walk, an ongoing process. There's always going to be a battle between the spirit and the flesh when you say yes to God, because it's two different worlds. No matter what, everything is going to be a battle between the spirit and the flesh. So it's an ongoing process. We have to make sure that every day we kill the flesh in order to walk in the spirit. The shoes of peace lets the enemy know that we're ready for battle, that we are firm. When we have the shoes of peace on, the enemy knows that we are ready for battle. The enemy knows that we are firm. The enemy knows that we are armed, that we are ready. And then when we speak on, when we think about the soldier's shoes, and this is what it says about the soldier's shoes, 
comeback shoes or boots are designed to provide a combination of grip, ankle stability, and foot protection suitable for a rugged environment. It protects your feet from elements. It will allow a soldier to continue walking. And I love, I'm telling you, I don't know about you guys, but I love comparing the armor of the soldier, a real soldier in the battle with the armor of God. Because when you really look at it or when you really think about it, or when you really, when you really um, start reading on the pieces of the soldier, it, oh my God, like it blows your mind. It blows your mind. So the shoe, the shoe allows the enemy, it shows the enemy, wow, this person is ready for battle. This person is firm in Christ because that's what the shoe does for the soldier. It, it, it provides stability for your foot and it allows the soldier to continue to walk. The fourth piece, I'm going a little bit fast because of the time. And that is the shield of faith. The shield is a protective armor. And then I'm going to read, let me see, um, Ephesians 6, 16. And it says, above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. It starts off by saying above above all that is the main that is the key word above all that only tells me that okay you can have all of these other pieces but this piece right here is the most important one above all is the most important piece that we should have to extinguish right when we think about the word extinguish the first thing we think about is turning off right that's what it means so extinguish is to turn off but in order for you to turn off or to extinguish the arrows of the enemy, you need to know, what, you, the first thing you need to know is what faith is. What is faith? Faith without action is dead. That's what the Bible says, right? The act of faith is what becomes a shield of protection for you. I'm going to say that again. The act of faith, because faith without work is dead or without action is dead, is what becomes a shield of protection for you. So in other words, when you have faith, that is what's activating the shield for you. And, and, and in the book that I read, um, there was a quote that I, that I wrote here that I liked. And it says, flaming arrows were not meant to kill or destroy us, but it was meant distract us so when we think about the soldier's shield it says the shields are used to intercept specific attacks whether from close range weaponry or projectiles such as arrows by means of active blocks when satan attacked us with lies we need to remember who god is in our life we have to believe what god says about us and I wrote here that Christians need to read the Bible often because that's the only way that faith will grow. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing the word of God. And this is the problem, that a lot of believers do not spend time in reading the word. This is why I always tell people, you need to read the word of God. We have to find time, no matter how tired we are, 
we have to find time to read the word of God. We have to, because how is our faith going to grow? How? The word, the word says it. Your faith grows when you hear the word of God, when you read the word of God. That's how you, you also become, you know, transformed. It's by the word of God, through the word of God. So how to apply, how do you apply this? If you feel like your faith is getting weak, ask God to increase your faith. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. It says, you do not have because you don't ask. So anything that we lack, it tells us whatever we lack, we are to ask God for, and he will provide it. It also, also what helps me is um, finding verses on certain things, right? Like if my main issue here is not having enough faith, I'm going to read scriptures or verses that speak on faith. And that's going to help me. And another thing that helps me a lot also is Christian books. And I'm just telling you what help, helps me. When I read Christian books, it also helps a lot in my walk. The fifth piece is the helmet of salvation. And I'm going to read Ephesians uh, 6.17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So the helmet of salvation. To live every day in light of eternity. That's what it means. We need to apply salvation daily so that we can live right in the present. But that's up to us. So what do I mean by applying salvation? A lot of people think that when they say yes to God and, and they open up their hearts to God, right? They're saved. Of course, yes, that's what the word of God says. But they forget that you have to apply salvation every single day, another process. What do I mean by that? The word of God says that when we say yes to God, we are a new person. We are not the same person that we were before. We are a new creature, right? So that means that we are to put away the old, right? You, the old ways of us thinking, the old ways of us you know, acting the way we were acting before when we didn't know Christ, we have to do this every single day. Again, killing the flesh every single day. That is how you apply salvation to your life every day. Put away your old ways of thinking. The majority of people give their life to Christ, but they still have the same mentality. But there's a reason for that. I'm going to go back to the word of God, and I'm sorry that I keep repeating myself. But if you don't read the word of God, you're not going to be transformed. Your mind is not going to be renewed because the word of God says that the word of God renews your mind. So we need to read the word of God every single day. And, and the truth is we always find things. We find time for whatever we want, right? So if we know that reading the word is important, we will find time for that. Even if it's just 30 minutes, even if it's just 15 minutes, God will honor that time. And next thing you know, if you are the person that struggles with reading the Bible, you continue to read little by little every day until you become hungry for the word of God. And that's what happened with me in the beginning. I didn't understand the Bible, right? Like all of us in the beginning, we didn't understand. The way I began to understand the Bible was reading, um, praying before reading and asking the Holy Spirit to guide me and to help me understand and trying new versions of the Bible as well. So next thing you know, I was starting, I was reading 
um, the Bible for five minutes and then the next day was 10 minutes and then the next day was 15 minutes and then 20. Why? Because my hunger grew. My hunger for Christ grew to the point where I would get up at times and say, oh my God, I need to read the word. Like I felt like I needed to read the word of God. So that's, that's very important. So when we think about the soldier's helmet, just picture the soldier's helmet. And it is to protect the soldier's brain from the swing of the sword. The soldier's helmet, I wish I had the picture of the soldier here. The soldier's helmet is to protect the brain, to protect the head, right, from the attacks. This is why we need the helmet of salvation, right? And when we do not wear the helmet, what happens? Our minds are exposed to the enemy. So now we become an easy target. Because remember that when we don't have the armor on, when if it's just one or two pieces, the enemy knows. So when we do not have the helmet of salvation on our heads, when we do not when we do not apply salvation every single day, the enemy knows. Our minds become exposed to him. It's like us giving him permission to just attack our minds. Like, here you go. I don't have the helmet. Just attack it. That's exactly what it is, what we're doing, without knowing that we're doing that. We're saying, hi, I don't have the helmet. You can attack my mind because it's exposed to the enemy. And then I, I mentioned this before, that when we feed into negative thoughts, negative, when we feed into the negative thoughts, and I said this before, it makes us a partner of the enemy. And I also spoke on, um, like two weeks ago, how to take every thought into captivity, right? But in case you, did, you missed that, um, that teaching, I spoke on three ways where you can take every thought into captive, right? Like the Word of God says to do. Number one is to identify them and see them for what they are, which are strongholds, strongholds. Number two, confess them to God and just, you know, be real with God and tell God, listen, I've been entertaining these thoughts. Please help me with it. And number three, dismantle them with the truth of the word of God. Like I stated previously, it's an ongoing process. This is something that we have to continue to do every single time have a negative thought, the way to de uh, defeat the enemy and shift those thoughts is by thinking or saying the total opposite of what you're thinking. And, and sometimes it's easier said than done, but when you say it out loud, it helps because I've done it. I, I said before, the enemy cannot read your mind. He cannot read your mind, but he can hear the words that come out of your mouth. So the sixth piece is the sword of the spirit. God, as we all know, is the weapon against the enemy. And we remember when Jesus, and we like to speak about this a lot, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, he used the word of God and that's how he, he was defeated, right? So the word of God is our weapon. The word of God, there's so much power in the word of God. Another reason why we should read the Bible, because what weapon do we have if we don't read the Bible? What are we going to tell Satan? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. We, he's not going to leave like that. He's going to leave when we start speaking the word of God. Because the word of God, there's truth 
it's truth in the word of God. There's power in the word of God, which is why we see the story and we read the story on Jesus, right? When he's tempted by Satan and, and what does Jesus say, right? It is written, it is written, this and that. It is written, it is written because he is fighting Satan with the word. He's not telling him, leave me alone. My mother, I'm gonna tell my mother, he's not saying that. He is using the word of God. That is the only way we're gonna be able to fight Satan. The only way. So if we don't read the word, what weapons do we have? We don't have none. We don't have none. And then we it says here, the word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. That's what the word of God says. That's what the Bible says. It penetrates and cuts deeply. Now, when we speak on the soldier's sword, it says it's the main weapon used to fight. It is used to cut, thrust, and reach an opponent. And, and, and I love comparing it. It's used to cut, thrust, and reach an opponent. The word of God is the sword of the spirit, right? It's a two-edged sword. It penetrates and it cuts deeply. And I know that the Bible speaks on six pieces of armor. It doesn't say that there's seven, but I, I Anna, like to say that there is seven. Why? Because it says here in verse 18, 618, with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times, on every occasion and every season in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. I say that the seven P's is prayer. Why do I say that? I say that no matter, you can have all of these pieces on, right? But when you have prayer to me, that is the main, main, main piece of armor that we need. When we pray, that's the the piece of armor that that that's going to hold the other pieces together. So this is why I like to say that there's seven pieces of armor. So with this being said, okay, this is it, this is the end. Every time you're about to leave your house and you're getting dressed, picture yourself as a soldier because you are a soldier in Christ, in the spiritual way. Picture yourself when you're getting dressed with your regular clothes, as you're getting dressed, just picture yourself putting on the helmet, picture yourself putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt, the shoes, right, of peace, everything, all of the pieces of armor. And remember and keep in mind that it says to make sure that we put on the complete armor of God, the complete armor of God. Satan is 